Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, Effective Meetings Behavior Part 5, Posture. Hi everyone, this is Mike, and welcome back to Manager Tools. You know, we're all in meetings all the time, right? Well, so how come there's not an instruction manual? We all complain about them, but no one seems able or willing to do something about it. Well, today, we will. We shared, just about three years ago, our recommendations on how to run an effective meeting. What about our recommendations for how to behave when you're not running the meeting? We have a series of recommendations because meetings take up so much of our professional lives. In this cast, number five in a series will build up over time, we're going to talk about how to be a participant once the meeting gets started, even when you're not running it. Here we go. You know, everybody's always asking us for what to do when they're not running meetings. Right. But um, this isn't what they had in mind, I don't think. Right. Yeah. Those folks who have used and swear by the effective meetings protocol love, totally love what it does for their own meetings. And it makes them immediately more frustrated with other managers' meetings. Yeah. I mean, how many... We get that all the time, right? I mean, it's just constant. Okay, now what do I do? Um it reminds me of what we call the feedback boomerang. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As soon as many of our listeners hear about the feedback model, then they say, well, finally, I've got the tool to tell my boss when he messes up. <laughs> and as soon as they make their own meetings more effective, they want to know how to make other meetings effective when they're not running it. And uh, as we know, neither is the way to change things. Yeah. In, in both cases, that, that, feed, that, that kind of thinking will come back and hit you in the head. That's the feedback boomerang. Um, analogy. Um, people ought to know it, but but new people are constantly being added. So our guidance, folks, is rarely about how to change other people's behaviors other than through feedback and coaching and only narrowly for directs. Um, the idea that you're going to change your organization is unlikely. Um, um, so so we don't we don't go there. We our tools are not designed to create a great organization. They're designed to create great managers. And if all the managers turn out great, well, guess what? The organization is going to be great. Um, and so and feedback is a perfect example of that because people immediately say, yeah, 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 as you say, right, a tool to to go at my boss. And yeah, I love that feedback uh, feedback boomerang thing because you know after folks listen to the feedback podcast, they come back to us and say, Mark, Mike. Uh, I try this feedback stuff, and and the back of my head is always hurting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> feedback to my boss. Yeah, it's it's for directs. It's not for bosses. Uh, it's please, 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 please. It's not, 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 not for your boss. Yeah, and this cast is not for the boss, and it's not for changing other managers' meetings. Right. Uh, um, it's for how each of us can behave most effectively in any meeting. In other words, all those meetings that you're not running, you, if in fact you're using the manager tools effective meetings protocol, um, this is how to behave in those other meetings. It's for how we as managers on our own, because we control our own behavior, how we can be on our own our best rather than worrying about others. Cool. Okay. So what's the plan? Okay, so there are four parts to this cast. 
Um, but first, I want to issue a little disclaimer that some of these points may seem a little basic. Uh, uh, maybe one or two of these points will seem basic to a lot of people and maybe even second nature to a few. But I'll also bet that there is at least one aha moment um, for all listeners. Every listener is going to go, aha, I hadn't thought of it that way before. So the four parts are sit up, seat up, square up, and hands up. Oh, man. Oh, man. Something tells me that this is always going to be the upcast. All right. So, so tell, t- tell us about sit up. Yeah, this really, this cast, as I read that out loud, I went, wow. Um, you know, wow. <laughs> that sounds funny. But I guess that's as close as we get to some sort of silly mnemonic designed to make it easy to remember. But, but I do think it will help folks easily remember our guidance when they're in the middle of a meeting. It's not like they're going to study this cast for hours. But anyway, um, sit up addresses one of those private comments that executives are always making to us about managers and, and, and particularly managers that are that they look at as potential development material, right? The executives all the time were saying five years from now, how is she going to turn out? Ten years from now, how he's going to turn? How is he going to turn out? It was an old joke from Casey Stingle. Uh, he was looking at uh, when he was when he moved from the Yankees to the Mets, and he, he was the uh, famous famous baseball manager. And he um, somebody asked him how he scouted talent. And he said, uh, "See those two kids over there? They're both twenty. Um, uh, that kid over there on the right, uh, in 10 years, he has a chance to be 30. Or in 10 years, that kid has a chance to be a superstar. That other kid, in 10 years, he has a chance to be 30. <laughs> um, so, you know, executives are constantly looking, um, you know, at, at managers and trying to predict um, where they're going to be. And um, th- this is one of those comments that executives make about managers, again, particularly developmental managers, that they see in meetings because they're constantly evaluating them. And meetings are, I think, for most young managers, a way underappreciated opportunity to distinguish yourself, meeting behavior. Now, the first one, obviously, is if you're running the meeting. Gosh, if you're a young manager and you're running a meeting, an executive runs it, comes in and sees you starting on time and finishing on time and having an agenda and having people respect you because you know how to run a meeting, regardless of the fact that you've only been with the company six months or a year and you don't have those relationships already built, um, that's impressive. Unfortunately, you're not going to be running all the meetings you're in. Quite the contrary. You're much more likely to sit in than, than run. Um, and so, but but executives still look and project five or ten years down the road, and meeting behaviors are for for the importance to the individual are much more important in terms of executive evaluation than most managers realize. Yeah, and and I know what you're going to say because quite often the executives we know come up to us and comment on how. Uh, let's say less than professional many managers right. look in yeah. meetings i mean they they slouch they appear or seem disinterested they don't seem focused or even better they don't seem intent on making things happen yeah i i think executives all the time they often talk in in terms of uh, characterizations rather than behavior but when you dig they say oh yeah the guy was slouching or he's he's blackberry you know they're all checking their blackberries right um it really ticks me off. But um, if managers were thinking about marketing themselves, and look, you know, 30 years ago, folks, you could trust the company to be managing your career. You can't anymore. 
Um, so if managers, if you're thinking about marketing yourself, and, and no offense, but if you're not, no one else is either. Um, in terms of marketing ability, you have, you, you, you have a target-rich environment, to use a, a silly phrase. Basically, you'd fail. Most managers would fail quite often in meetings. Um, it's an opportunity to, to look good. Not that your careers are about looking good. Not that at all. We want you to be effective. And if you're effective more often, you're going to look effective more often. And executives are going to perceive you as effective more often. And when an executive walks in and sees you leaning back as far as your chair will go, rocking your chair, swinging your chair around from left to right, and likely push back from the table an extra foot or so, which is which is a a real uh, is an easy coaching opportunity for me. I find with with executives. I mean, it's amazing how much if they're not sitting at the head of the table, the first thing to do is push back as if to assert some sort of power over the group, or or essentially say I don't have to be part of the group by pushing back so far. Um, um, you know, if they see you doing those kind of things, rocking, swinging, leaning back, and so on, pushing away. Um, you, you don't do yourself any favors pro- professionally. Look, it's easy to justify this, and, 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 and Mike and I have done it too, right? So many meetings are not well-managed. We get bored too, and we do the same things. But we're just suggesting here um, that the rest of the meeting, other than your behavior, is out of your control. Your behavior in that meeting, on the other hand, is in your control, and that's why we're recommending some specific things you can do around posture and behavior that will make you more effective. This is one of those manager tools moments. You know, we spend so much time talking about behavior, not attitude, not intent, not control, not politics, just our own behavior. Right. It's the only thing you can control, and it's where our focus ought to be for the best results. Always. Yeah. Even even though often the first thing people say, the the whole boomerang thing, when it comes to meetings, when it comes to feedback, let me let me get you know let me change everybody else. It's really not me. I'm not the one that's at fault. It's somebody else. Right, and right. and we respect that because we feel that too, right? And yet we find over and over again the people who have succeeded, those who are having a significant influence in the organization more than perhaps other people would have thought, are the ones who are diligent about their own behavior. They clean their own room first before they ask somebody else to get their house in order um um and look um when you're in a meeting how you sit how you interact with others how you hold yourself these things all really do matter folks um and and that's not to say they don't they, they never take the place of the quality of your ideas or the quality of your results or the role power that you might in fact have in a meeting they don't take the place of, but they are in addition to those things, and they are opportunities to make a difference. Look, we want you to have great ideas. We want you to get results for the organization, which may or may not come from how you sit in a meeting. That said, if all of the things you need are being equal, and this is in fact a factor, then we ought to at least know about it and avoid doing our worst. Uh, I hate to think that, a, that an executive was overly sensitive to these things and then didn't know about your results and essentially mentally or emotionally demoted you in her mind. And and then you have, you've made a bad first impression, and it's hard to recover. Right. Well, I, I never, three years ago, ever thought we'd be doing a podcast telling people how to sit. But yeah. since we, since uh, we I, are. But, but okay. What, what, right. But, that, but, look, but look, think about that for a second, Mike. I mean, I think there are probably thousands of listeners who would say the same thing, right? They'd say, what? Posture? Sitting? And yet, ask yourself. You're a CIO of a, you know... $500 million company, right? That's been a possible career path for you. You had to turn down that job, okay? So so you walk into a meeting and you got 10 people sitting around a table. 
Uh, one person's talking, three or four are paying attention, taking notes, asking questions, and four or five are either doing blackberries or leaning back or swinging or whatever. And you're pretty certain that of those four or five, two or three are not very senior people that are essentially sitting in just to touch base. These are people that arguably are part of the project team or something like that. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't wouldn't you notice? Oh yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and what what scares me about this is we take it for granted. This is another one of those things that we take for granted, and and it's why it's only this cast is only part five of many more parts. And, and folks, if you're confused, it's not like we've done parts one through four yet. Um, sometimes we do things out of order, but but this is only part five of many many parts regarding um, meeting behavior. We don't want young managers. It's not taught in business school. It's not taught in the MBA programs. We don't want young managers stumbling over this stuff or being re- or regretting it. And we these are the kind of things we hear from executives sometimes when they're talking to us about managers, because meetings are such a unique opportunity for executives to evaluate behavior. They assume that meeting behavior is not night and day different from day to day managerial behavior. And 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 to be honest, they're right. People don't behave one way in their office and then completely differently in a meeting where they're not, you know, your best people are not terribly effective on their own and then wildly ineffective in a meeting. There are conclusions that are to draw. Whether you agree or disagree in the large in large numbers, I think they're absolutely reasonable. So I think it's a reasonable test bed. Um, and I think we just, this is the kind of stuff we ought to share um, because it's not published. People laugh. I'm sure there's no book on this. Um, and that's okay. But people need to know. Okay. So let's get to it. What's our recommendation? Sure. Um, by sit up, <laughs> this sounds corny, but we mean doing exactly that. Scoot your backside. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think of a nice word, but backside is, you know, scoot your rear end to the back of the chair, right? Um, keep your back vertical by avoiding leaning way back in your chair. And the further your 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 bottom is from the back of the chair, the easier it is for you to slump, right? Um, Hold your head up high by looking at other people for the vast majority of the meeting as opposed to down at your papers or your notes. When your rear end is not up against the back of the chair, you're going to be slouching, like I said. You're naturally going to be prone to lean back, which just doesn't send a message of engagement and effectiveness at all, in our opinion. Now, we should say that periodically you can lean back and you can be relaxed. The problem is that when your normal posture is that way, it just makes it harder to be taken seriously if you're a newer or younger manager. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think, look, younger managers, they don't get a class on this. They come into the organization. They see executives slouching. You know, the, the classic slouch is William F. Buckley. Um, people used to write him and saying, gee, sir, you know, you look like you don't have a spine. And he would say, well, I have a spine. Me and a few other people um, won the Cold War. <laughs> um but but they see executives behaving that way. They think it's okay. They think this is my kind of culture. And they don't realize that executives say, no, when I was younger, I had to sit up and pay attention. We're not trying to get you to be a plebe at West Point. Mike and I both did that. We don't, we don't want that. Um, but sure. Um, uh, look, um, it, it's, it's hard. Like you said, it makes it harder to be taken seriously. And... Even, you know, there are experienced managers sometimes that get dinged for not, they don't get taken seriously because of the way they're, the way they're sitting. Here's an example of what I've seen. Managers are pretty well relaxed when their topic or their need or their issue isn't up for discussion. They tend to lean back, sit back, they take a back seat. 
And then when their ox is being gored, they're sitting up and they're leaning forward. The problem with that is that other managers notice when you're disengaged, when their topics are on the agenda. Yeah, because if it's not your topic, it's their topic. And they, they might actually like some help sometimes, yeah. but often folks don't seem to care enough. Right. That means they're likely to return the favor by not supporting you when right. you're needing allies. Yeah, exactly. So sit up, straight back, head up, focus on other people, no leaning back, no slouching. Stay engaged, stay focused the entire meeting. It, and I did have one person say once, Mark, I'm just too tired late in the day. And I, I said, that's not a meeting behavior problem. That's a wellness and a focus and a mental acuity problem. Those are two different things. Okay. Next is number two, seat up. Yeah, per, per, perhaps some overkill here. And we may get some, you know, people feel, feel free to write me a note. It's, it's, my, it's my bad. Um, but we do want to be clear about this. And I've seen it done wrong. Okay. Folks, for all but the biggest and or tallest managers, we strongly recommend that if your chair allows any raising of its seat, the height of the seat, that you raise it as high as you can. Uh, and by the way, this brings up a point, a minor point, but there are, nowadays chairs are, are adjustable seven different ways. Some of them are adjustable so that you can't lean back. That's a neat way to prohibit yourself from leaning back. Um, but, but anyway, back, back to raising the seat. Um, um, if it, in fact, if the chair allows you to raise the seat, the height of the seat away from the floor, that you raise that seat as high as you can, you want to be sitting up high. Um, as our previous guidance recommended, we, we, you want to be sitting up, but we want you to sit as high as you possibly can. I know that many managers are out there saying, but I want to be able to roll my chair closer to the meeting table or conference table. And sometimes those flipping arms of the chair won't allow it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, um, and that's why this, we have this bit of guidance. We see managers mistakenly lowering their chairs to be able to get closer to the table. And that, in a sense, demotes them. Ah, there are probably some people laughing right now, but I've seen it happen. Okay, we don't want this to happen to you. We're just being clear about this. The executives that are aware of power and relative status at meetings almost always put their chair up high. They don't worry about not being able to roll the chair under the table, again, due to the arms of the chair in most cases. The reason they don't worry about it is that if their rear end is up against the back of the chair and they are sitting up, they can easily lean forward from their waist and reach the table appropriately. Or, because they're mindful of the posture, they can slide forward slightly in the chair and still lean in, and they reach the table that way without losing any height um, that they would have had they lowered the chair so their the arms of the chair can scoot underneath that table. Exactly. So the bottom line of seat up is that we don't want you to demote yourself physically just to get to the table. There are, yeah, there are just other ways to do that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Do you, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and then there's something else too. I just want to say this. I've noticed this a lot. There are people who really lower their chairs a lot. I mean, it's as if they like having their feet firmly on the ground or I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a balance thing that they want to rock their chair, rock their chair back or whatever. And I hate to say this, but folks, if you're doing that, you look like little kids sitting at the adults' table, and executives notice. Yeah, that we'll call that the Lily Tomlin effect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, good emotional reminder. Okay, so part three: square up. Ah, uh, my favorite recommendation: 
simple laziness, which I'm guilty of, I know in meetings, um, simple laziness is often the cause of failing to square up. And I, I, I just, I regret it when I do it. And by square up, we mean simply this. Whoever is speaking, no matter who, you turn towards them with your upper body and square your shoulders up to them when they are speaking. I've seen too often managers simply keeping their focus. In other words, where their shoulders and body are facing right. on the main presenter and turning their heads only to someone who is adding a point of view or making a comment. I mean, they're, they're, they're facing toward the original presenter, the main presenter, and then they just turn their head toward right. the other guy. Yeah. And, and, and don't, don't kid yourself, folks. I mean, th- this is a classic executive coaching, speaker coach um, um, uh, behavioral clue. Wherever your shoulders and body are facing, that is where people believe your focus is. Your head does not rule on this one. In fact, I hate to say this, but I know uh, a year or two ago, I saw one of my kids looking at a, a magazine and they were talking about how people behave in, in, in bars. And and they were pointing out, based on some candid shots with, with real people with their faces blanked out, you know, who, who the woman was interested in, who the man was interested in, whether or not he, he his efforts had buying her a drink or vice versa were, were taking hold. And it was quite obvious. You could see just from the way the picture was and who was turned which way that it really made a difference. Um, this is not just a meeting behavior. Um, and look, I, I don't think people intend it. I really don't. I, I think they think, hey, the theme or the, 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 uh, the, um, the flow of the, of the conversation is, come right back, is going to come right back to the presenter here in a second. Uh, and so I don't want to turn around. But it comes across often as either lazy or in some cases actually a little bit disrespectful. It almost makes the person commenting, right? Let's say Mike's talking and and I'm focused on Mike and my shoulders are toward Mike and then Michael Swinson says something and all I do is turn my head. It almost makes Michael Swinson uh, feel like he is being shown a small amount of disrespect as in, hey, my focus is on this other person. You've interrupted, so I am going to turn my head toward you, but I'm not going to give you my full attention. And what is often interesting about that is that we tend to turn fully, this is important now, when there is a conflicting viewpoint toward our own, and we only turn our heads when someone is agreeing with us. Yeah, but that's backwards. Right. If you're going to choose, and we're not recommending that, the more effective behavior is to turn fully toward your supporters or whom you agree with. Right. And only turn your head to those who aren't supporting your viewpoint. Right. But we just want to simply make it easier because we're recommending square up to everybody. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Whether you like it or not. Right. Okay. And lastly, we recommend hands up. What's that about? Yeah, it's a stick up. Right. Um, give us all your money. Put it in the bank. Right. Okay. I would be surprised. Um, m- number three, squaring up is my favorite recommendation. But I'd be surprised. This one's probably the rarest. The one fewest people know. It's a standard coaching um, uh, effort I make with certain executives. I'd be surprised if more than ten percent of our listeners have ever heard this advice. Okay. Or recommendation. Most managers simply do not know what to do with their hands when they're in a meeting, especially when they are speaking. Yeah, and, and it's not a stick-up, and we don't mean doing the wave. In a right, that's right. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. What we mean by hands up is this. For most meetings, in most situations, we recommend your hands and forearms, but not your elbows, rest on the table in front of you. 
And, and so when we said up, we mean not in your lap, right? Uh, and we mean away from the edge of the table. Uh, grabbing the edge of the table absolutely shows nervousness. It's, it's, uh, um, it's, uh, shows attention and, and a wanting to disengage. Um, so again, hands and forearms, but not your elbows, rest on the table in front of you. We call this the foundational position for meeting attendees. But we're not suggesting here that our arms are glued to the table. No, and you're right. You know what? <laughs> I wasn't clear. This is the base position. It eliminates the negatives of other positions like hands on the edge of the table. Uh, and it provides the place from where you can make effective gestures while sitting. Uh, are you saying that there are different rules for gesturing when sitting than when standing or presenting? But of course there are. <laughs> right? <laughs> And, of course, we have a cast all by itself just for that very thing, how to gesture while sitting down. Look, as often as most managers are in meetings, yet are either uncomfortable standing up or simply the meeting doesn't call for it, we could all be a lot more effective by understanding how sitting or standing affects the effectiveness of certain gestures. And there are other reasons besides using it as a base for gesturing for having arms up on the table, right? Right. The two mistakes we see most most commonly, and m many of our listeners have probably done them once or twice and don't think anything of it. And if you do it once or twice, you're fine. It's, it's when it becomes a habit that you need to be worried. The two mistakes we see are hands in the lap, and that is a complete non-starter because it sends a message of dishonesty. Even, even more so in certain cultures. As well as saying, I'm on my black <laughs> Yes, the cone of invisibility does not extend south of the, the Canadian border. Um, yes. It also avoids the hands on the arm of the chair posture, which sends a message. I already mentioned the other one, which is clawing the edge of the table or hands on the edge of the table. But, but arms on the chair posture, which sends a message of disengagement, just like leaning back does. Um, and by the way, doing them together is a double whammy or a double negative. Leaning back um, and taking notes sends a message of secrecy so powerful it smacks of a special meeting evaluator auditing the meeting, which is just not good. You're not going to be perceived as part of the solution. No. Okay, so bottom line, the hands-up guidance gets us in the right place for the right reasons. Right. Hands and forearms, not elbows, on the table. Yep. And that's it. Um, so I'll, I'll do the quick overview this time. Effective meetings behavior, part five, posture. Number one, sit up. Don't lean back. Don't slouch. Send a message of professional engagement to your fellow meeting attendees. Okay. Number two, seat up. Sit high. Raise that chair. Lean forward to get to the table or even scoot forward a little bit to get to the table if you have to. Don't sacrifice the arms of the chair underneath the table god. <laughs> Number three, square up. Turn your shoulders toward the speaker always. Give full and respectful attention. And respectful means full of respect, which means, therefore, to turn. And number four, hands up, hands and forearms on the table, which is that base position allows you to make gestures, which we'll talk about some of the time, and keeps your hands out of your lap or from the edge of the table. Awesome. Thanks, partner. My pleasure. All right. We'll see you later. All right. That's it, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that and hope your meetings become more effective, even those that you don't happen to be running. Because if you're running them, you'd be using our effective meeting protocol, right? In any case, hope this helps. For those of you who are interested in attending our San Francisco Effective Managers Conference, just want to let you know that we have just a few more slots left. If you're interested, 
go to the homepage and you can find out all about it there. And for those of you who joined us in Newark last week, thank you very much. Once again, we're reminded how great our Manager Tools community is. Thank you all for joining us. Mark and I and the entire team had a great time. All right. We'll see you all again next week. So long, folks.